0: So, if you have a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to the book of Matthew, and we're going to be in chapter 28. Chapter 28. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Okay, if you didn't know, your book, your Bible is split into two sections. It's, there's not like a, like like a, a bookmark or anything in there. But the old, the first half is the Old Testament, God's creation and all the the story of God's church before Jesus, and then we have. Um, The New Testament, which starts when Jesus comes on the scene. The first book of that is Matthew, so find that, find 28, and we're going to start there this morning. Um, And this morning we're finishing up our series that is focusing on the local part of Kingdom Builders. What is Kingdom Builders? Kingdom Builders is the way that we fund missions projects um, that, like the name says, builds the kingdom of God. Right, that's what we do here. It's kind of our missions giving at our church, and we focus on three areas in Kingdom Builders here. We focus on global missions, local needs, and investing in future generations. And this month, we're focusing on the local needs part. And we have asked you to pray um, to, about giving to one of four things, and they're they're up on the screen here for you. We have four projects that we are are, are funding basically to help move the local kingdom of God forward. And so we've been asking you to pray about this. Um, the first project is the church in Bruton that we're going to be kind of kicking off here. We've been meeting all summer long with small groups. But starting the end of October, we're going to be doing it one service A month on a Sunday evening, just to kind of see how it goes to get things rolling that way. And um, we're already planning for God. uh, We believe that this is God telling us to do this, and so we're pretty sure that it's going to happen. It's going to be a success. People are going to come and find God. And so we're already planning to start raising some money, saving some money so that we can hire a pastor, we can find a facility, all those things. And so we're asking, our goal is to get to $20,000 for that. Um, through this local push. The second one is MYC scholarships. I shared with you earlier this amazing conference that we send teenagers to, and we wanna make sure they can go. I've had multiple students say, I, I, can't, I can't afford this. Even students in our church, I can't afford to do this. Or parents say that I can't afford to send all four of my kids or all three of my kids. Can you help? We wanna raise $3,000. We want to have you guys give $3,000 so that we can send students on this, uh, uh, to this event. We, uh, two weeks ago, we did this thing called We Love Our City here in Sock Center, and last weekend, just yesterday actually, we, we did this over in Long Prairie. It was an amazing thing. Uh, I haven't gotten final numbers from Long Prairie, but I was over there running around. I ate three hot dogs myself just to make sure that they uh, were good uh, <laughs> quality. Quality control, come on. Um, no, but so two weeks ago in Sock Center, our goal was to, to uh, hand out a thousand meals. We didn't. We handed out 1,100 meals. We had to go buy more. It was awesome. Long Prairie yesterday. It was really cool. There was It was busy over there as well. So just loving our community. That costs some money, so we're asking for you to be able to give to that. And then the other thing is on October 5th, we are partnering with our um, Sox Center Public Schools, and we're bringing in a speaker who talks about bullying and self-worth and all those things during the day, and then in the evening, we have um, him sticking around and doing a full gospel presentation, and we are able to invite all the students from in the, in the morning ones, we can tell them, hey, come back tonight, because we're going to do something else tonight. And so we, uh, that costs some money to bring them in and stuff as well. So we'd love for you to give towards that. Now, we're, we're going to be taking this special offering for this at the end of this service. And uh, you can, if you want to, take out an envelope and write this certain project on that envelope if that's how you want to give. Or you can give online and we'll have links for that at the end. Um, but I just want to say thank you for praying about this and being a generous church Uh, We've already had some money come in. I think uh, the school assembly is pretty much already completely funded. We love our city, and NYC is about halfway there. And Bruton, we have a little ways to go yet. But uh, just thank you for thinking and praying about that. And we'll give at the end. Awesome. Here we go. We're going to get to our message, um, and I want to start by reading Scripture. So would you stand as we read Matthew chapter 28, Um, If you are able to stand, that'd be great. We're going to start in verse 10, and we're going to read verses 10, and then we're going to read verse 10, and then 16 through 20. So here's what it says. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. All right, Holy Spirit, we, uh, we ask that you speak to us today. I know that you have something that you want to tell each of us individually, and that is like the whole point of what we're talking about today. So so let us have open ears, open hearts. Uh, We want to hear from you. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat, and if you feel left out, you can give a high five like Pastor Kyle always says, but you don't have to. (laughs) Okay, some of you like it. All right, go ahead. no. Okay, right now, right now, we are smack dab in the middle of two of the most exciting sports seasons, sports times of year, in my opinion. Okay? Baseball playoffs are quickly approaching, and the, the football season has just kicked off. Quick shout out to whooping Aaron Rodgers last week. I don't even care if the Vikings win another game, that's all I care about all season. All right? Anyway. These two sports are, are way different. Baseball, football, completely different. I love them both. On the one hand, I think football is more exciting to watch because there's all action all the time, right? Baseball's a little bit slower, but I... I grew up with baseball, I coach baseball, I know the ins and outs, I know the strategies, I love like watching and thinking, oh, it's one out with the 2-2 count, I would throw this pitch, and if I was on second base, I'd get this extra lead, and if I was trying to hit the ball, I'd try to hit it on the opposite side, like, I just love this strategy, so I actually enjoy watching baseball better, but on the other hand, if we could combine the two sports like pitchers taking too long send somebody out of the dugout to go tackle that sucker that's what i'm talking about <laughs> but uh, one reason i like baseball so much is because baseball isn't a full on team sport right there's there's a lot of times where it's individual so it's kind of a combination sport in football the whole team is like always on the field everybody's always involved everybody always has to be doing something Otherwise, you're not going to do well. In baseball, at some point, there's really just two people playing the game. I guess three if you count to catcher. But one person's pitching, one person's hitting. And each person throughout the game, they get their individual time to shine. Um, They're only counting on themselves. You either get on base or you don't because you hit the ball or you didn't hit the ball. You can't blame anybody else. Like, sometimes I don't like playing team games all the time because if I'm the quarterback and I make a perfect throw and the wide receiver drops it, like, it's not my fault. It's your fault. And my stats just dropped because you're a dirtbag, right? <laughs> like, catch the ball, bro. That was right there. Oh, sorry I hit you in the hands, right? Okay. I just played a game of football with uh, some little kids in my neighborhood yesterday, and I was all-time quarterback. It was hilarious. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it was good. The little kids won, by the way. Um, But in baseball, my batting average, it's on me. It's on me. It's more individual. And like last week, Pastor Kyle, he talked about the body of Christ, right? We talked about this idea of how we're all on the same team. We must be unified. We all have to play our position effectively so the whole team can move forward. But being a Christian isn't always like football. More often, it's actually like baseball. It's, a te- it's team, but it's also individual. And so today, we're going to talk more about that, that individual portion, how we, for- how we move God's kingdom forward individually. What's our part? So I want to start by taking uh, a look back at our scripture, okay? Verse 10, Matthew chapter 28, then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Now let me just tell you what's happening here, okay? So this is right after Jesus raises from the dead, right? He's been been crucified, and uh, these two ladies, they go, or three ladies, we're not exactly sure how many, right? They go to the tomb of Jesus, and when they get there... Uh, this earthquake happens and the stone is rolled aside and angel shows up and says, Jesus isn't here, he's risen. And they're like, what? And so they start running back to all the disciples to tell them what just happened. Jesus is risen, right? On their way back, Jesus appears to them on, uh, on the road and this is what he says to them in verse 10. Don't be afraid, ladies. And they're like, yeah, good luck, right? Like I'm seeing a risen man. Don't be afraid, Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Okay, so this is about to be the first time that um, the, people, the, the disciples see him. He's saying, have them come find me. And this is where uh, verse 16 picks up, right? The ladies, they go tell the disciples, hey, here's what you need to do. Verse 16 says, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Uh, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so what we just read, Matthew 28, 19. Matthew 28 and 19 or 19 and 20 is what we call the Great Commission. Okay? I need need everybody to say this with me. Everybody say Great Commission. commission. Okay, this is important because I have read studies that it's something ridiculous, like only 40% of Christians know what the Great Commission is. Okay, I don't want you to be a statistic, all right? You need to know the Great Commission. Jesus, this is like the end-all, be-all mission that he gives to us as his church. Go out and make disciples. So if somebody with like a little clipboard ever comes to you and says, do you know what the Great Commission is? You can say, yeah, it's where Jesus told us to go make disciples, all right, deal? Thank you, okay. (laughs) But that's what the Great Commission is. It's Jesus saying, go out make disciples and teach them all the commands I have given you. Now, there have been many times in my ministry, in my life, where I've had people question me on this or challenge me and challenge me on this. They say, now, isn't Jesus just commanding his 11 disciples? Is, is this really for us? Like, it says it twice in there that Jesus said to his 11 disciples. He didn't say this to all Christians, right? This isn't a general command. This isn't all of us supposed to do that, is it? Okay, let's, let's read it again. And I want you to make your own decision, okay? So I want you to look at these verses. Go to the next slide for me. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you to the ends of the age. Now, question number one. Is the first part that I have underlined on the screen, go and make disciples of all nations, is this a command? Is Jesus commanding this um, the disciples this. Go and make disciples. Does that sound like a command to you? Yeah. Sure it does, right? sounds like if I came up to you and said, hey, go out there. That's a command. Jesus saying, hey, go and make disciples. Now what's the second part that we read? Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Okay. So if, we're going to do a little math. If this, then this. If A equals B, and B equals C, then A equals C, right? Great. So, if Jesus says, go out and make disciples, and that's a command, and he says, teach everybody all my commands and tell them to do them, then everybody is supposed to go out and make disciples. Okay. I think it's pretty safe to say that Jesus would want his disciples to make disciples and to have those disciples make disciples and have them make disciples and so on, all the way down to the person who discipled you to the people who you are hopefully discipling. This is a thing where we are supposed to continually raise up disciples and have them raise up disciples, I'm pretty sure the missionary that we just had up here said that exact thing. I'm up here going, hey, stop preaching my message. It's about going and making disciples. So bottom line, it seems to me that we're called to make disciples. Now I want to clarify one more thing. Many times in the church world, people like to separate the acts of hearing and believing Jesus initially from the act of becoming more like Jesus. Okay, there's this thought that uh, there's this initial, initial act of belief, and that is separate. It's a, there's a separate process that starts after to become more like Jesus. And, and of course, this is true, at least partially like, right? Like we make this decision to follow Jesus, but we continue to grow. But I just want to chat about one distinction because I think we can make it a little bit of an issue in the way we look at it sometimes, and it kind of messes things up. See, we use two words in the church world, to describe these two seemingly different acts. They're the words evangelism and discipleship. Okay, evangelism is sharing the good news of Jesus so people can hear about him and believe in him. And then we have discipleship, which is the process of helping someone become more like Jesus. So we say, are you evangelistic or are you more discipleship driven? And we're gonna talk about what that means in a minute, but this is where it gets a bit hairy for me. See, some people think you either have evangelism talents to share the good news of Jesus and help them believe, or you have discipleship talents to help people grow in their faith after they are saved, like it's two different jobs. But the reality is making disciples, like Jesus asks us to do in verse 19, is the whole process from start to finish. Making a disciple over here, starts with telling people about the good news so that they can have faith to grow in. To put it plainly, evangelism is the first step in discipleship. Okay, it's the same thing. Let me explain. When Jesus tells his disciples, hey, go out and make disciples of all nations, he's talking about them going to places who have never heard of him before. Right? That's pretty obvious, I think. Jesus just died. There's a whole bunch of the world that had never heard of him at this point. So he says, you need to go out and you need to tell these people about me. Baptize them and tell them to obey all the commands I have. Okay, so it's telling, Jesus, telling people who have never heard. The first step has to be evangelism. So when he says, go and make disciples, he's saying, start here, start with this, but do this also. It's the same. Okay, so where are we at so far, right? There's a lot today. We have discovered that evangelism and discipleship are part of the same process, and we are called to be a part of that process. Help people know Jesus and help people grow. We are all called to share our faith with non believers and help people grow in their relationship with Jesus. There's one more piece that I want to dive into about this whole process. Um, before we get down to how, does, how do we do this, how does this play out? Okay, we all understand, I think, that growing in our relationship with Jesus is a process, right? Like, that's a process. We, we never arrive. We've never got it figured out. We're always growing. We're always coming to know Jesus more and more, being more like him. But sometimes I think we miss the fact that coming to the decision to believe and follow Jesus is a process in and of itself. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody nods, so I, somebody shake your head if you don't understand what I'm saying. Okay, here. let me just quickly explain. I've heard it said like this. Pretend there's a scale from zero to ten. Zero being, somebody doesn't even believe that there is a God. There's no such thing as a God, a higher being, complete atheist, right? And a ten is someone who is, just given their life to Christ. Then you have the whole discipleship uh, growing in Christ after that, 11, 15, 12, 20,000, you know, whatever. But zero to 10 on if they believe in Jesus. Zero, I've ne- I don't even believe in God. 10, I want to give my life to Jesus. There is a spectrum spectrum of people between this zero and 10. You have those that don't believe that there is a God. You have those that believe there is a God but don't really care. You have those that understand that Jesus died for them, but they're not really ready to make a commitment to follow Jesus. And then you have people who are like, let's do this. And everything in between. And people don't just go from a zero to ten like that in a moment. Most of the time, this is a process. And we aren't always the one to see them start at a zero. And we're not always the ones who get to see them make that decision at a ten. It's not our job to bring someone from a zero to a 10. Sometimes God puts people in our lives to get them from a one to a three, or a five to a seven, or a zero to a one, or a nine to a 10, right? Like, we, we just have to be faithful with who God gives us for as long as he gives them to us. And you guys are thinking, like, this is way too complicated. Why? Okay? I'm trying to explain to you simply, not simply, that we all have a responsibility And our responsibilities look different for different people at different times. So what does this look like? How do we share Jesus with others? How do we help them get closer to him? What is my individual part to play? I I can't tell you that. Right, like I, it's always different. It depends on the person you're sharing with, your relationship with them, whether they're on this, where they're at on the scale to coming to know Jesus, and so that's probably the first step in all of this. So here's the first thing that you can do. I'll give you a few kind of guidelines. Number one is this: you have to answer the questions of where people are at and what your relationship is, so that you know what to do and what to say. Figure out where they're at with God. That's number one. Because it's not always beneficial for you to, esta- to go in and establish the fact that someone is a sinner if they're at a zero and they don't even believe in God. That is not going to end well. They're going to get angry at you, okay? That part comes later. Not, not them getting angry at you. That part doesn't come later. The part that comes later is you developing that they're a sinner and they need Jesus. But you may need to start with establishing that there is a god and that he loves you. Okay, there's different places. So number 1, figure out where they're at in their journey with God so you know where to start. And then, and then number 2, you need to figure out figure out your style, your personality, what how do you do this? What works for you? Because here's the deal. Not all of us are super evangelist, right? You know, the the extremely extroverted people that are good with having a conversation with anyone, anywhere, those types of people. Not everybody's like that, and that's okay. But by saying that's okay, I'm not giving you an out. I'm not saying you don't have to talk to people about Jesus. Okay, we, I'm passionate about this. I believe that Jesus is the best news the world has ever heard and he needs to be shared and every one of us needs to do our part, even if it's not comfortable or easy. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Because if you have good news or if you have something that you're super excited about, you pretty much automatically share it, right? Like, oh, I just found out my kid got a full ride to college. Woo! Woo! You share that with everybody. Or my spouse, they just surprised me with the trip to Hawaii. Let's go, right? Some of you just looked at your spouse like, come on, girl. <laughs> come on, guy. What's going on here? Or I, I just heard that there's a new Star Wars series coming out. Jeremy, did you hear about this? Dude, you didn't? It's called Andor. You haven't seen the trailer yet? Seriously, dude. Come on. Okay, see, this is important. This is the type of stuff I'm talking about. You know something. You have to share it so somebody doesn't miss out. This is going to be sweet. You guys need to watch it, okay? Back to the task at hand. If it's newsworthy, we should share it. We should share it. And guess what? Jesus is newsworthy. Jesus is worthy to be shared. This is so important, And we need all different types of people to share Jesus. Those super evangelist people, right? They're really good at moving people on the scale from certain spots. They're good here and maybe not so good here or vice versa. And then you have have the more conservative, introspective people who are better at moving people here to here, but not so much here to here, right? But the question really becomes, what does this look like for you? The question isn't, Do I have the right type of personality or gifts to share my faith? That's not the question. The question is not, am I called to share with others like that evangelist over there? That's not the question. We are all called. The question is, what does this look like for me? What is my style? What's my personality? How has God wired me to reach people? We're not all called to do it the same way. Some are perfectly fine shifting every single conversation with anyone anywhere into a conversation about God. That's me. I'm like, how can I talk about Jesus with you? I don't even know you. I don't care. We're talking about Jesus. Oh, what, you're talking about the Vikings game? That's okay, we'll talk about Jesus. Did you know that the Vikings have no prayer this year to be good unless Jesus shows up? Let me tell you about Jesus, right? Like, I will shift any conversation. That's me. Some do better sharing Jesus through deep relationships that they've developed, people that they really get to know, and then that person's like, wow, you care about me. I know you. I see things differently uh, than you do, but let's talk about this. And kind of like the previous one, some people are good at reaching out to people that they don't know very well, but they see that they're hurting. And they're like, hey, let's sit down, let's have coffee, let me be there for you. I've, I've heard of stories of people who are like on social media and someone writes something on there like, oh, my mom just got cancer or this just happened or whatever. And this person doesn't even really know who this is and they like reach out to them and say, hey, I hear you're having a tough time. What can I do to help? Can we sit down and have coffee? And like amazing conversations, amazing prayer comes out of this. Some people do best in sharing the story of how Jesus moved in their life. Sharing their testimony of what God did for them. Some people find opportunities to share uh, Jesus through serving others. Serving others. We have amazing people in this church who just love to help, who love to serve. And when people are like, why are you doing this? They're able to say, because God loves you. It doesn't really matter how you do it. As long as it works for you and it works for them. Right? It's just that you do it. So, Figure out how God has gifted you and go after it. Sounds simple. <laughs> Figure out how God has gifted you and start doing it. But no matter our style, we all need to be looking for opportunities from the Holy Spirit. Okay, We all need to understand and, and we need to ask him help us to help us not miss opportunities. Because if your natural tendency is to share Jesus in a deep relational setting, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to talk, doesn't give you an opportunity every once in a while to talk to a complete stranger. It might still happen. Or just because you share Jesus' best by serving others doesn't mean he might not send you to a friend that is ready to hear from, about him. Or just because you're outwardly extroverted with everyone you meet in Walmart doesn't mean that God won't use you to sit down and have a deep conversation with somebody. There's been many times where I've had interactions with people, and I walked away from that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, see you later. Yep, bye. And I get to my car, and I'm like, no, idiot. That was it. That was my, that really hurt. I don't need to, <laughs> don't do it as hard neck service. Um, that was my chance. That was my chance to share with Jesus, and I missed it. I blew it. We have to be ready for God to use us all the time in any way, even if it's going to be scary or out of our comfort zones. And that brings me to probably the most important thing that has to do with sharing your faith with others. Prayer. Prayer. Music team, you can come and get ready at this time. Prayer is so key to sharing Jesus with others. We need to be praying for this every single day. We can't do this without God. We are not going to be successful at bringing people into the kingdom of God by ourselves. We need to pray before we go into these uh, to soften people's heart. We need to pray. um, We need God to go with us and give us the words to say. We need him to go after us and continue to speak. Like, Be praying for this every single day. Okay? I try to make sure I pray, God, go before me today. Start preparing the people you are going to put in my path and let me recognize the opportunities. I'm praying before. I'm praying during, while I'm sharing. God, give me the words. What do you want me to say? Please help them be uh, accepting of this. And when you pray that one, you probably want to pray it in your head, not out loud, because if you're talking to somebody, that's weird, okay? Pray it in your head. God, give me the words to say. And be praying after thank you God for that opportunity. I ask that you keep on working in them. Give me another opportunity in the future to follow up with them. We got to be praying. It changes people's hearts. It changes our hearts for people. Would you please stand with me all over this place? Here's what we're going to do. We're just really quickly going to take the next three minutes to just reflect on what we have heard and just let God speak to us directly. I gave you a whole bunch of stuff. I gave you a whole bunch of stuff. This is why it's important. This is why we do it. This is how we do it. This is where we do it. What does this look like for you now? You need to let God speak to you. This is your opportunity to pray. And so the band is gonna play a song. You can sing, you can pray, you can be quiet. I want you to do whatever you need to do right now to let this all sink in and take root. Let's take a few moments to reflect. So I've been thinking about this message, you know, for the last couple of weeks. And as I was thinking about the direction to go and how I was gonna share it, I was kind of bummed, actually, because I'm like, this message that I'm sharing is a lot of information and it's a lot, it's kind of practical, and it's not very like inspirational. And especially since starting to work with teenagers and preach at teenagers over the last few weeks, I've found that I really enjoy just yelling at people and saying, hey, do this, get excited. And so this is my chance to do that right here. Because I think there's still people in this room that might be thinking, man, this is hard. This is scary. I don't know how to do this. Someone else can do it right. Do I really need to do this? No, you you don't have to do anything. But my hope as your pastor is that even though it's hard, even though it's scary, even though it's confusing, my prayer is that you still would want to do it because we're talking about people's eternities here. I hope you understand. I'm trying to tell you right now, why everything we just talked about is important. This is centrally important. There are people all around us that are not on good terms with God, and it's not going to end well for them, unless, unless we do something about it. You know people that I don't know. If I knew everybody in this world, we'd be fine. Crazy Pastor Cory who never shuts up can tell everybody about Jesus, but I don't. I don't know everybody. You know people I don't. I know people you don't. I come across people that you never will. You have conversations with people that for some reason I will never have any influence over. We all have a sphere of influence. And some of us might have a little bit bigger of a sphere of influence than others. And we might have a little bit more more of a responsibility, but that doesn't diminish anyone's responsibility. God has entrusted these people to us. Can you imagine having a child or someone you love that is dying, and the person who has the ability to save them is doing nothing about it? You you would be sad. Please, a child is dying. You would be confused. Why aren't you doing anything? You could do something about this. Why aren't you changing this? You might even be mad. Come on. I can imagine that God feels this when we sit by and we do nothing for his children who are dying a death that's worse than a physical death. God, I pray that you first, you help us Help us understand the urgency of this mission, this great commission that you gave us. I pray that it would be so important to us that there is no way we could sit by and do nothing about it. God, help us to pray every single day for you to break our hearts for the people who who don't know you. God, right now I ask that you would break our hearts for the people around us that don't have a relationship with you. I also ask for you to help us figure this out how do we do this this isn't easy but it's basic it's something that you've asked all of us to do it's not just for seasoned christians you want us all to do it so guide us direct us give us wisdom give us courage and god i pray for anyone here who hasn't made the decision to follow you maybe someone in this place invited somebody to come to church and this is their opportunity to come to know you i believe you're speaking to people right now and I pray that they would hear your call, that they would accept your forgiveness, and they would make a decision to live for you. In fact, right now, if you're here in this place or if you're watching online and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus or or you're not living for him right now and, and you want to get back on track with him, you can get right with Jesus right now. And all I want you to do is just begin to tell him that you believe in him, that, that you want him to forgive you, and that you want your life to be lived out for Him. So go ahead and start that even right now. As I pray, God, as I pray right now, I ask that these people who who want this, they want to start a relationship with You, they want to follow You, but they're not right with You. I, I pray that they would not be afraid to take this step. I pray that they would start talking to You right now. They would ask You for forgiveness. They would commit their lives to You, God. We thank You for who You are. We love You, God, and it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate that together? That's awesome. Now, before you go, two things. Number one, if you made the decision to start following Jesus or get back on track with him, I want you to grab a Connect card in front of you and write your name on it. And then on the back side, there's a little box that says, I want to start following Jesus or something like that on the back. Check that box. We want to be able to follow up with you and help you through this journey. Okay, and then number two, Here's the other thing I told you this was coming at the end of service. We were talking about, praying about, giving to these four special local projects this month. There's a QR code you can scan and then do a little drop-down thing to the specific project you want, or you can grab an envelope, write it. Um, I'm going to just pray for this offering. I don't need to talk any about it. So I'm going to pray. The ushers are going to come. Um, they're going to pass the buckets. After you give, you are free to go. After you give. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding wow. Uh, No, I'm joking. Um, So let me pray. We're going to give, and then after you give, you can can head out. So uh, God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be a blessing to our local communities, to do things like bring backpacks to the school, to help organizations like Options for Women, like the police officer, all these things, God, that are doing um, awesome things for our community. God, for uh, amazing things like uh, new churches being planted and helping teenagers uh, go to these different things. God, I just pray that you bless everything that is given. I pray that it would do just amazing, miraculous things for your kingdom, that people would come to know you and grow closer to you because of even what we give right now. One day in heaven, somebody could say to us, hey, remember September 18th when you gave and that let this happen? Yeah, I'm a product of that. God, let that be the story. So thank you, Jesus. We love you. Uh, We just pray that we would have an amazing rest of our week with you, sharing who you are to everybody we come in contact with. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.